I don't want to see any more GoFundMe pages for anybody uh, to to pay for funeral costs. Like, we got to get insurance. And truthfully, if your parents won't do it or can't afford it, you as a child have an insurable interest in them. So you literally can go and get an insurance plan on your parents and pay the the fifteen dollars a month Listen that it takes that. for a fifteen thousand dollar twenty thousand yeah. dollar policy. Like it, it's that cheap. What up? What up? What up? It is 2020, and this is Three Brothers No Sense coming to you with our first episode of the new year, the new Happy decade. New Year, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. For some reason, my daughter thought we were celebrating Chinese New Year yesterday, and I just, I don't even know where she got that from. Where, you know, where, but where did she get Chinese New Year from anyway? Though the stuff, my <laughs> daughter's in the Montessori school, so they might be talking about the Chinese New Year. And we said we were celebrating New Year's Day, I mean, yesterday, and she probably put it together. So she seemed very excited about it, but I didn't have the heart to tell her that's not what we were doing. So and she made it up. She stayed up the whole time, too. Mm. But uh, my bad, uh, people, I'm Tavares Ferguson. Three brothers, no sense. Join my co-host, Buff and Rozzy. Fellas, tell them what's on your mind for 2020. Well, I'm a little distracted right now because I'm trying to think when I'm going to ask for the show. But uh, for this opening statement, can you guys name an awful movie that you've watched? Because I challenge you. I double dare you to name a movie that's worse than I got the hookup to. Because that's what I just finished watching. And it is awful. I mean, (laughs) I mean. (laughs) <laughs> Master P outdid himself. <laughs> I I just watched uh, Undercover Brother too, uh, and it's That's it's pretty bad too. Sounds <laughs> Undercover Brother is on Netflix, right? I just saw that. Yeah, this, yeah. Oh I, man, I watched Belly too with the game, and that was bad. But I made it to the end. It, it took me two sittings to watch. I got the hook up too. It, it, it's awful. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, man, well, I haven't watched anything. Awful, though, like, is it? Is oh, wait, it... wait, wait a minute. Soul Plane is pretty bad too, though. So, Soul Plane actually is not. It's watchable. It, it's got some good funny parts. I guess that's the same thing with um, Undercover Brother Two. Like the plot is kind of bad, but coming off of Undercover Brother One, you knew it was going to be bad, and so it's got some zingers in there. Michael J. White kind of carries it, and he does a good job filling in the gap of undercover undercover brother so it's not too bad soul plane was i i thought it was funny man i liked it i mean yeah. it, had its, it had its moments it was it was horribly funny yeah <laughs> but you know but what were your expectations in these movies like did you go in expecting any one of these movies to be bad being good I got the hook up too. I didn't expect it to be good, but I also didn't expect it to be this bad. So for me, it hasn't been anything recent that comes top of the mind. But I know um, when I went to go see Bowfinger, Eddie Murphy movie. I like Bowfinger. <laughs> Bowfinger. I still don't know what it's about. Did, I go see, did we go see that? Like, we went and saw it together. We, had, we I mean, were San Antonio. I, probably, I've fallen asleep on probably two movies in my life, and that was one of them. 
Yeah. Bone finger is it's um Horrible. a lookalike guy uh that is there's Eddie Murphy is like a big movie star and so there's another he plays another guy that is like a like super a nerd that looks Prequel like him. Prequel to Norbert. Like he played that same lame, if I remember correctly, he was the same lame type character. So I just I just in that movie too, right? And a white dude in that movie. I mean, there's a couple of them in there. Like, I think he's producing the movie or whatever. And um, so they 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 find the little lame dude that looks like Eddie Murphy, the superstar, and they make him do like a whole lot of the movie. And then what they do is they set up scenarios that Eddie Murphy, the superstar, doesn't know about, and like they record him for all the close-ups. And so if they need him like running from a car, they literally chase him with a car to get pictures of him being chased by a car. And then they, they like cut that into the movie and they actually make a pretty good movie out of it uh, towards the end. Oh, it's, okay. It was, it was funny, man. Eddie Murphy. Hey, hey he said so. <laughs> from what I remember, maybe I was drunk and tired, but that movie was horrible. I couldn't. See, I, I like like, cult type movies like that like just really off-brand movies like i don't know if growing up if y'all ever remember um what was it the attack uh or killer clowns from outer space yeah. do y'all remember that movie yeah. like i, like I mean that. that's, that's that same genre as attack of the killer tomatoes freaking little shop of horror all i put all those in those b-list b-list suspense horror movies mm-hmm. from the 80s Horrible cult classics. I get it. Both fingers, not one of those. <laughs> Both fingers just horrible. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Belly Part One is a good bad movie. Like it's oh, a bad, the, movie, but uh, it's good. The acting was <laughs> acting was horrible. I mean, when D, when Nas said, "Are you sure it was the feds?" I mean, but T Boz was the worst. <laughs> I mean, that's connect either. Like, it's like I don't know no effing Tiana. Like, <laughs> like well, it was, was great. <laughs> if it came on today. I probably will watch it. I bought it. So, <laughs> I, I own it on Voodoo. I have it too. I, I, yeah. I have it on DVD. <laughs> so, anyway. Rise, what's going on with you, man? Man, nothing. Uh, I I enjoyed my uh my washed. New Year's Eve last night, so I uh, took the kids skating and and they did a little balloon drop at about eight thirty instead of at twelve o'clock, and uh, we were in the house uh, watching TV by ten o'clock. It was our drink. Did you drink hot cocoa for the countdown? Nah, we didn't even drink anything, man. We went to Waterburger on the way home, grabbed a milkshake. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, and uh, just sat on the couch. We started watching you. So uh, thanks for that uh, recommendation, Buff. It's uh, pretty cool. It's a uh, new age Dexter. So I'm liking it. I'm enjoying it. I'm only on episode three right now. Well, just finished episode three. So about to go into episode four. So that's going to be the rest of my day once we finish recording. Well, I enjoy my New Year's Eve. Uh, just just the wife and I, the kids. And we went over to another couple's house and they made like hot pots. Like that restaurant we went to, Rising. Yeah, they had yeah. that. Yeah, so pretty good. Uh, but it was real relaxed, real cool, real laid back. We actually had some great conversations talking about marriage and stuff like that. Uh, plenty of drinking, plenty of drinking. We had too much liquor. But 
but it was it was it was pretty pretty entertaining. So my my things this week are Six Underground. You guys seen that movie on Netflix? Yeah, I saw it. Is it bad? Oh, it's it's pretty damn good. Okay, it's pretty damn good. Uh, it's it's very action packed. It's it's you gotta you gotta pay attention because it's it's a lot of stuff going on. Um, has have either one of you guys started watching the Kevin Hart I guess documentary type thing? Yeah, we binged it. Yeah, we watched that's, it. That's a great documentary, man. Yeah, yeah I, we're only on episode three, but the second episode when he was talking about his father, his relationship with his father was really powerful. There's some things that he said that just really kind of stood out to me. So I didn't know if you guys watched that. So for the audience, if you get a chance, go go check out Kevin Hart's uh what is the name of it? Don't don't F don't, this up. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, so pretty good, man. Yeah. And you know, so the wife and I had some good conversations around that. She kept pausing and having epiphanies and all that type of stuff. But that's what we do in this house. So we've pubbed Waterburger. <laughs> I got Kevin the Hart. Too. I got the hookup to Belly. Netflix, all that good stuff. So you know what time it is. We got to pay our bills too. So welcome back, Three Brothers No Sense. Once again, this is our first episode of 2020. So going into our second year, fellas, uh, been a lot of good stuff going on. I really enjoyed the last episode where we talked about 2019. We talked about what we were leaving in 2019, what we accomplished over the decade and things like that. So I guess we have to be cliche and go with, uh, you know, our plans for the year or, you know, or the decade or however you want to position that. So I guess mine will be a little different then. Do you guys, how do you celebrate the new year? Do you plan? Do you make New Year's resolutions? Do you have more of a long-term plan? Or do you just reevaluate what what you did last year and kind of reset the, recalibrate your focus on those things? Or do you, are you one of those people that does vision boards? You know, how do you guys bring in the new year and do you use this as a time to set up new goals? So confession, I just learned what a vision board was like last year, maybe two years ago. So no, I do not do those. Um, I have done, I didn't do any New Year's resolutions this year, but I have done them in the past. I've noticed that people kind of clown people for doing those now, having a New Year's resolution. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, Um, especially if you know there's some areas you need to work on. But uh, how we celebrate my wife likes to party, so we we did that uh, on New Year's Eve. And my goal for the year is to, uh, I think it's always to be more financially savvy. And you can ask Rozzy, like, randomly throughout the year, maybe three or four times out the year, I'll text him, like, you know, um, anything I should be investing in, what can I do with this, what can I do with that, how should my numbers look. I remember one time I sent him, like, um, <clears throat> how much I have in my uh, TSP, which is like a, a 401k for most people. And I was like, yo, should I be at this? Should I be higher? Should I be lower? And just picking his brain on that, man. So that, uh, I need to do more grown up stuff too, Ferg. Like, um, I'm embarrassed to say I don't have a wheel. 
I need to do a wheel. Um, um, I think I want to up my life insurance too. I want to do stuff like that. Like I have life insurance, but I want a greater amount set aside for something happens to me. So just things like that, like the board administrator stuff, man, when it comes to financing and like what I talked about on the show, I got to stop procrastinating. Like I can't be afraid to fail these ideas I have. I need to just, you know, push forward, do it. If it fails, I'm no worse off than I am now, but at least I can say I tried. So those are like the two main things. While Rosie is answering, if I think of anything else, I'll jump back in. But those are like the, the two main things for me. Well, let me ask you this. So are they focus goals? Like you said, you want to create a will. You have timelines, deadlines. Do you have, a, even with your life insurance plan, do you have a, a number of mine you want to bring that up to? Because I'm, I can procrastinate too, but when I set goals, I'm like, I want to do this. I need to be, you know, I want to have a million dollar life insurance life insurance plan, like rather than, you know, I'm going to look at my life insurance plan and it, it'll be uh, December 1st, the day you decide to cut people out of your life and get a new life insurance plan, <laughs> you know, 2020 <laughs> and you're back at square one. So, you know, do you have set numbers or, you know, um, and are you just taking this time to, uh, well, answer that first. So I do have a set amount. I actually have it, actually have it written down and uh, I went to like a seminar at my job like a retirement seminar and I think it was a TSP seminar and they, you know, they go over all the numbers, like what you would be at. We talked about life insurance and stuff. So I actually have, as far as the amount I want written down, as far as a deadline, I haven't set one, but I have found that when I do set deadlines for myself, uh, like cutting people off by December 31st, but when I, when I do set deadlines for myself, I usually, that usually helps with my procrastination. So uh, I will set a deadline and work on that. Do you have any long-term goals or you set them year by year? Some long-term goals, but not, it's mostly year by year. Okay. Mostly year by year. Yeah. What about you, Rising? Uh For me, man, truthfully, New Year's is another day. Uh, it's, it resets the Gregorian calendar. That's about it for me. Um, because I reassess my goals and everything as often, um, as I need to. Right. So I talked about it last week about having a plan. If you get off plan, just figuring out how you need to adjust to get yourself back on plan. So that, that's what I do is it's, I'm constantly adjusting and updating my plan. So moving from 2019 into 2020 doesn't do much for me. Um, you know, there there are certain things that I, I know that are happening this year. So it's like, OK, now that I know Jenica's going to graduate this year, I know, you know, certain things are going to happen uh, as far as finances go. And so I start adjusting my plans for that. Uh, and, and maybe that's what I guess. I, yes, I do reevaluate, reevaluate my plan uh, come the new year so that. Okay, anything that might be changing, what do I need to do with it? Um, I know that I'm going to get a little bit of a pay bump. What am I going to do with that extra money? Am I going to increase my retirement or am I going to put it on something else and that type of thing? Um, So those types of things, I start looking at uh, what I'm going to do if I get a tax return, what I'm going to do with it. Uh, You know, what am am I going to do with my bonus? Am I going to pay down a little debt, pay off some type of loan that I have or something like that? So I start planning all that. 
because I know when that those things are happening. Uh, and so just kind of look out. But as far as a New Year's resolution or anything like that, nah, I don't really do much of that. Um, because I, I feel like if I wanted to do it, I, I would have done it last month. The, you know, it doesn't just pop up on December 31st. Like, oh, I need to make this change. So, you know, I'm already thinking through it and, and doing it. So, nah, I, I the New Year's really doesn't hold much weight for me. Okay. Um, I noticed that both of you guys, uh, the majority of it revolved around finances. And I, we kind of, I kind of, I think I hit that a lot that when men usually talk about things or growth, it, it always goes back to finance. Well, nine times out of 10, it goes back to some kind of financial aspect. Money you know, makes the world go around, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but, you know, no, no traveling, no personal goals, getting in. Like Byron, I know last episode you mentioned trying to get in not better shape, but taking health into better uh, consideration. Is that something you kind of want to use as a, a vague goal or using now that it's new, quote unquote, new beginnings to kind of focus on that? Or, you know, because we were talking about the decade, not just the new year. Well, it's not like a, uh, that's like a, I guess you say that's always been a battle for me. So that's not like a, hey, it's 2020, I'm going to do right. I mean, I think the new year definitely can help you refocus a bit and say, okay, this is a chance to uh, do things a lot better, but it's something I've always struggled with. And, you know, hopefully just like any other year, hopefully this will be the year I really, uh, I guess, win or achieve that. But yeah, Yeah. I, I look at it truthfully. If you're using the new year, to reset that expectation and it's like a crash diet, right? It's, is it going to be sustainable long-term? Um, you know, I, you set these goals. How many people say I'm going to get back in the gym January one and by February 1st, they ain't in the gym. no more. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, it's so annoying. Yeah. Every January, the, the gym yeah. is so, so annoying. And, and, yeah. that, and that's why I, I try to stay away from trying to make a new year's resolution or anything like that. My, my goals, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard the whole smart goal thing, but it's um, I, I'm trying to make my goals as specific as possible. So what it, what it does is it makes you really think about goals that you set uh, that can be achievable when you want to achieve them and and really make them realistic and, and measurable so that you can say, I want to lose 10 pounds. You don't say I want to lose weight. You know what I mean? And and by putting that actual measurable piece on there and then you say, I want to lose 10 pounds by, say, you know, February 30th or whatever, or by March 30th. So now February you have a 30th. Oh, well, you know what I mean? 29th. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but by, by putting y- your goals wrapped in that smart um, formula, what you end up doing is you're more apt to actually meet the goal. And then on top of that, it's one of those things that it really is. You see the value in it. You see why you're doing it. Uh, and and so when that when you do that, you don't need New Year's to reset that. You don't need the so, New Year, New you, all that stuff. You just say, here's my goal. I'm going to start it. 
today. And 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 if it is the New Year's, it 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 prompts you to set that goal. But you need to make sure that you're setting those goals in that time constrained basis that are realistic, so that then you can't meet them. Well, to play, play devil's advocate, well, to go over smart goals, uh, specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and timely. That's it. Yeah. Um. Think about you said timely, achievable. Like when you look at those things, I think, I think we're part of the generation that hates to be cliche. Like either you're cliche or you hate to be cliche. You no, know, just like you know, I'm just fine with kind of being in the middle. You know, I know a lot of people are like Byron said in the beginning are anti um, New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. But you know, think about our businesses, our, our, our what we do. Like you have reports, you have evaluations that are measured over a certain length of time to give you, like you have X amount of time to do this. These are my expectations over a certain amount of time. Did you hit them? So in a 12 month period of a six month period, a three month period, did you do these things? And it doesn't necessarily have to be the new year where you start, you can start your, like you said, you can start your, your, your goals on February 30th. Never happened, but you know, start your goals on February 30th. But if you still set timelines and stuff like that is great. I think what I do like about the new year, and I'm not big into new year's resolutions per se, is it, it kind of gives you, it's an easy time gauge. Like, you know, I have 365 or 366 days to kind of measure what I, my plans, I don't reset them every new year, you know, like getting in the gym yeah, I know I want to be healthier. I can get in the gym January 1st. I can get in the gym February 1st. I can get in the gym December 15th. But if I know that January 1st is a day that I can just, for whatever reason, I, that's just a day that motivates me. I can't necessarily look at that as a bad thing. That's a day. Maybe you're just cliche. You reset the, the clock like everybody else. I'm not big into the New Year's resolutions. I look more on milestone years for me. So like I was saying last episode where 30 to 35, I had goals. There's things I wanted to to accomplish. And so I took that whole I t- my birthday was a goal. But like, really, I kind of made it beginning of 20, 2011 to the end of 20, 2015. So beginning of 2016 was the time I needed to accomplish these same things, like starting over my I have a couple more things I want to accomplish by 40. So 2020 is kind of a big year for me. Um, well, actually, I've accomplished most of those things I wanted to by 40. 2020, I have a few things that I still want to accomplish, but it, it reminds me like, hey, you got about a year to knock these things out. Um, for me, similar to Byron, I definitely want to get my my finances, redo my will, uh, re-evaluate, my, reevaluate my life insurance plan. You know, um, there's things that my wife and I have planned financially as far as uh, investing in certain things, starting our uh, not starting, but getting our business, reevaluating our business plan and finding uh, additional streams of income. You know, so those are things that we're focusing on this year. We started talking about last year, um, but now is kind of our 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 debt. We use like the beginning of the year is our deadline to start putting that into action. It's like, we've been talking about it. Now we're starting to put that in action. You know, I thought I was telling you guys about the, 
the photo booths and stuff we want to buy. Things like that. For me, not so much one year. Like my over the next five to six years, I definitely want to get into real estate. I want to um, I want to at least have two rental properties by forty five. That's a long way from it now. Uh, definitely get back on track on my retirement retirement funds. Things of things of that nature. Personal growth, you know. Definitely want to get healthier. Get back in the gym. I was joking with you guys a few, I guess, a few weeks ago, saying my one of my goals is to be in better shape at forty than I was at thirty. So getting a fit by fit, I'm kind of a fit by forty challenge. Like really pushing myself because similar rising used to be in sales, we have sales campaigns where you focus on certain things for a certain amount of time and it, it it's like laser focus. It's not necessarily a bad thing because, you know, also in sales, you might, well, this is the flavor of the month. We put all our energy on this and then next week we're, it's something new. But getting those things kickstarted. Yeah, there's going to be a thousand people in the gym probably today, right now. And by this time next month, it might only be 50 of them. But the 50 that stayed, that was what they needed to get in the gym, you know? Um, and I definitely got to get back in the gym. This, this, these surgeries have killed me. I'm, I'm, I'm probably in the worst shape I've been in the last five plus years. I feel, uh, I, ha- I feel flabby. I got back fat, all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, my wife body shamed my body shamed myself. So, but you know, for me, it, I use the new year to kind of recalibrate. I don't go back and just, create vision boards and stuff like that. But if that's what you need, I talked to a couple the other day and that's what they did. They came up with a couple's vision board they're doing together um, for the year and things they wanted to, you know, get focused on, you know. And, which, and, uh, and I, I think that's that's fine to use, say, January 1 as your, your launch point for whatever your plans were. You know what I mean? And, and I, I I look at that different than a random new year's resolution. You know, if you've got a long-term plan, a vision, and then you're backing that into some achievable goals. And then those goals are setting the steps and guess what? Now you got a plan. Right. And and I, I think that's fine. I mean, it's no different than companies saying, Hey, this year, here's our, our strategy. Here's what we want to do and everything. I, I, I look at that different, I guess, than a, a new year's resolution. New, new year's resolution is something that is, I'm going to totally change how I usually do things. Uh, and I, how I do it or how I change it. It's, it's just something so different than what I normally do. What you're saying is I have a plan. I have a goal January one, I'm going to implement my plan and I, I have that entire plan out. I have that vision for it out. That that's different. So I, I'm 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 cool with people that do vision boards, recalibrate their plans, everything. I I, I think that's a little different than a New Year's resolution um, in the cliche manner. Okay, true. Because I I've never got into that whole New Year New Year New Me. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. that. That's the part that, that that's what I mean is I don't play into the whole new year thing when everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's a new year. So I'm going to just completely change myself. You know that that doesn't happen. And that's the stuff when I talk about crash dieting. That's the thing that's not going to stick. You're not going to be able to do that. You need to actually set some goals, some small achievable 
milestones uh, to that ultimate change. If you do want to make that ultimate change in yourself, you know. Well, I also, guess we'll, I'm sorry. Uh, I was going to say also uh, just to just to show that I'm not completely irresponsible. I don't have a will, but the things I do have set up because the way it was explained to me, a will isn't necessarily recognized in court uh, by or by law, or whatever. It can't be enforced. The things I do have set up trumps a will anyway, like my beneficiary for my TSP retirement and all that stuff is in place. So that would trump the will more or less would just be for like, I guess, personal items that I have that I would want to go to certain people. So just want people to know I'm not completely irresponsible. <laughs> well, <laughs> Tav is going to be all right. If you well, yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> well, you know, in, in the spirit of staying in the moment, are there anything we want to challenge our listeners with some must have for 2020 if they don't have it already. Life insurance. Life insurance. And listen, and not just life insurance for yourself, but for your parents as well. Like, I know that's a difficult conversation to have and I've gotten on, I don't even know if she has spoken to her mom about it, but I have gotten on my wife about talking to her parents about it. I don't want to see any more GoFundMe pages for anybody uh, to to pay for a funeral costs, like we got to get insurance. And truthfully, if your parents won't do it or can't afford it, you as a child have an insurable interest in them. So you literally can go and get an insurance plan on your parents and pay the the fifteen dollars a month Listen that it takes that. for a Listen. fifteen thousand dollar twenty thousand dollar policy. Like it, it's that cheap. My mom, my mom, my mom, about a half a year, maybe even a year before my dad passed away. I spoke how I paid for his funeral, uh, either my last episode or in the video I did. Yeah. But she had told me about a year ago. She was like, listen, your dad doesn't take great care of himself. I don't think he has insurance. You should put you should get some life insurance. on." And it was uh, my, my procrastinating ass. Yeah. OK. Yeah, I do that one day. And I wind up having to come out of my pocket. Listen to what Razio just said. If the if the talk is too difficult, do what he said. I'm telling well, you, you'll thank yourself. And the other one that I I would challenge everybody to do is check your insurance policy or your company or whatever. See if they have any uh, type of mental health uh, coverage there, and go use that mental health coverage and go talk to a counselor uh, if you there's. Anything that you feel like has been hounding you, it's been on your back, you feel like you can't shake some feeling or whatever, go talk to somebody about it. Those folks are actually trained to help you work through that. And um, so, you know, that companies have their little health fairs they'll do and they'll they'll have like um any some type of uh mental health type of uh hotlines things like that um i know my company has one where you get up to three times you can just talk to a counselor over the phone for free um so that use those if you have those types of benefits and those types of um of access and um get better mentally as as well as financially and physically well i guess the the, the rounded out going back to the physical part Mm-hmm. People get your checkups, go to the doctor, find out what's going on with going on with you. We're getting to the age where we're starting to see people we grew up with, people we looked up to that weren't that much older than us not make it, you know, and so or just have serious health problems, you know, heart, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, like people, we got to get it together, especially if you have kids, you know, be, 
the goal is to be there for them and your spouse, but also to start teaching them healthy, healthy living habits. You know, so really go find out what's going on with you. I've been to the doctor more than since I've been married than I probably have in my whole life. My wife makes sure I make sure I go get my checkups and stuff like that. Um, that's why I had these surgeries and things like just take care of your body while you can, because if you don't, it's not going to get any better. So I think that was anything else, Buff? You want to make sure these people out here join? No, nah, that was the main thing, man. That was it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who's the next question on? Rather, you want to take I, it? I, yeah, I'll take it. I'll take it. I, um. So I don't know if you guys saw we've had a bunch of stories in the news and I think the latest one was there was a 14 year old that uh, killed her human trafficker uh, and uh, she ended up going to prison or or she's being tried for it now and mm-hmm. so we know about I can't remember her name the other one that um, just got released that has the book out I forgot yeah. she was on the breakfast club though yeah, yeah her so she just got out for it. she got released but you know that's happening more and more where these these kids truthfully are being trafficked and then when they actually are able to stand up and they they kill their trafficker or they kill the person that's you know abusing them and then they're being tried for it so with that you guys know like states like nevada has um prostitution is legal uh or escorts are legal and there's been more and more talks about legalizing or at least decriminalizing prostitution. And so I wanted your thoughts on the decriminal decriminalization or legalization of prostitution. And do you think that would actually affect some of this trafficking, some of this um, where these kids are having to defend themselves and then go to prison because they defended themselves? So this used to be an easy answer for me. Um, I always felt like prostitution should be legal in the sense that if a grown uh if a grown adult woman or male to, male prostitution is, happens. Okay. Let me get to it. If they wanna <laughs> have if they wanna have consensual sex with one another on an agreed upon uh amount, then I see nothing wrong with that. The problem is, and it's it's funny you use the word uh human trafficking because that is what it is, but it's also it's pretty much pimping, and it's crazy how on one hand we have uh, glamorized pimping through entertainment of one way or another, but the realization is pimping is human trafficking, and the problem with with that is a lot of times these women are forced into this situation at a very young age, 14, 15, 16 years old, and that's where the problem comes in. So in the sense of an adult woman that wants to, you know, has a hotel room or how they have it in Vegas at the Bunny Ranch or whatever like that. In that sense, I'm okay with decriminalizing prostitution, but that has nothing to do with young girls being uh, trafficking, traffic, um, and having sex and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, to answer your question, yes for that, but as far as human trafficking as we know it, no. You don't you don't think being able to have the bunny ranches and things like that legally operating would take away from really the need for that human traffic, that 14, 15 year old uh, that's being trafficked and, and sold. I, 
I, I don't because it's too many sick men out there who have a fetish for young girls. Matter of fact, if you go on like any type of porn sites, they they one of the one of the big more popular ones are like the barely legal looking girls and stuff like that. Like men have uh, an obsession with with young girls, and so even if you made what you're talking about legal, there still would be an appetite for having a 14, 15, 16 year old girl uh, being being prostituted. I, I agree with Byron. I think there might be a, a a source of income and an option for some some women and men, I guess, in your in what you were hitting at, Rizy, to to stimulate the economy. But I think to Byron's point, there are people who have strange fetishes. So now that it's legal, I have even more ways to make money, especially if I'm doing human trafficking for people from other countries. They're still going to be kidnapping young Asian girls, young girls from all over the, you know, young, all over the world that might not um, have even wanted to enter this because now it's a lucrative business. That's part of it. Then also everybody's not going to go to the bunny ranch. Everybody's not going to, people are still going to be driving down MLK name the city looking for prostitutes. You know, there's still going to be, there's still a lot of drugs and crime involved in that, that world legal or not. Like there's still going to be prostitutes getting high to cope with the fact that they're having sex. I don't think that's what, I don't think the average woman is like, Oh, well, I can be a prostitute legal. Now that's a career choice I'm going to make. It's going to be the same people who, like turn to prostitution as well. If I don't become a prostitute, I have very limited options. I don't think what about to say? Oh, I was just going to throw out there. Um, there's this whole industry called the porn industry that that's specifically what a lot of girls are doing and saying, Hey, this is, I can have sex legally on camera and, and they choose to go into that lifestyle. Yeah, But I don't think that's like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a porn star. Like it isn't that doesn't happen. I think it's like you, you find yourself in situations where that you know what I'm saying. Like go ask your daughter. I ask my. I guarantee that's not what they want to be. I, I go ask a twelve year old male though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you know I'm not gonna say that. I'm not down. You know, downing that profession or whatever the case may be. But. I, I guarantee the average porn star finds herself in that situation because there wasn't a lot of options. It was an easy way to make money. And so, and, and, and like even, I, said, even, I was going to say, I was going to say, even in the porn industry, it's not that I've spoken to a lot of women in porn, but I think from, from, from what I've heard that they have dreams. Well, some of them may have dreams of becoming a director and stuff like moving up. Like there's no moving up in prostitution. Like, you are what you are. In porn, you can be mad You can start. You can start. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can start pimping these. I'm a hot Now my holes is on it. <laughs> I said. <laughs> I said correctly. Oh, man. man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like I get what you're saying, you know. I just think the, the things that revolve around that 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 world it's just setting us up for more failure because I guarantee there's a lot of drugs going on in the porn industry. There's a lot of drugs going on in the, uh, 
prostitution industry. And then to me, I also think is going to I think it's going to increase human human trafficking because now I can legally do this. Let me go find a little uh, kidnap some little Russian chicks. Let me go kidnap some little Asian chicks. Let me kidnap some like it's it's going to increase. Let me get this little young 17 year old, 18 year old that got kicked out the house on some drugs, strung out, and now she works. Now she legally works for me. Like she gets a W two and all that shit. So it's I don't think it was like there's I don't think it's gonna be career fairs at John L. LaFleur. Like, you know what, what are you doing at the uh, high school? Well, if you want to go to college or join a trade, hey, become a prostitute. I don't think they're going to open up the doors to do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think when when I talk about decriminalization, especially uh, maybe not legalization, but decriminalization. The thing about that is that we know that human trafficking happens, and a lot of these girls are put into these situations because of their situation that they're in. Right? They've been kicked out of the house. They have nowhere to go. Everything like that. And then on top, you throw on top of that, if you do get into this and you're just trying to make ends meet, now a cop pulls up and you're going to go to jail because of it. And so with my, my saying decriminalizing the, pro, the act of prostitution, and I'm fine with still having pimps be criminals and everything. And, and so then what ends up happening is they have a place they can unionize. They can, they have to go get um, cleared. You know, that, um, that so you, you laughing, you laughing. laughing. I'm just saying <laughs> that, yeah, yeah, it, they, they can unionize, you know, that they're going to be getting checkups, regular checkups and, and they're healthier. They're in a better situation than the pimp picking them up at 17 and slapping them around and everything like, like it, it's the decriminalization. They can actually go to a cop and say, this dude hit me. Um, what were you doing? I was prostituting, but this dude hit me. And they, they're not going to get picked up and go to jail because they were a prostitute. Um, they can actually report a John for hitting them, even if they were in the act of uh, create, being a prostitute. So my thing about it is, by decriminalizing it, you take that stigma away, and now they're able to actually get to safer areas, safer places. Um you know, they have a lot more control over what they're doing and they, and they have a lot more support uh, for them for what not not for what they're doing, but to be able to get out of the situation than if they if it's just illegal. I, I see. I see some points to that. Yeah. My question to you is how 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 does that decriminalization help the two young ladies that we were talking about earlier? Which one? Which two? The, uh, the, the one 14 is, year the old? One is, yeah. So what happens is because it was I'm she wouldn't be in that situation or hopefully she wouldn't have to be in that situation um, because she's been tried for murder right she's been tried for murder because she she killed the guy that was trafficking her so I'm I'm confused on how that would have changed the situation and, and that that that's why I asked the whole point of do we think decriminalizing or legalizing prostitution for the adults would have any type of effect where that you know less and less of those kids are having to be in those types of situations. I'm sorry, man. I just had a vision of like uh, of whole school. Like, like you gotta get licensed. You do. <laughs> you gotta, like, you gotta like, get... read up on the bunny ranch and, and like in Nevada. Like to be an escort and everything like that, there are certain things like you have to you have to go get licensed. You have to actually 
Um, I mean, if you, you pass the uh, test, like, I, I wanted you. That's my thing. Like, I get a license, or I just pay my five hundred dollars, and all of a sudden, I'm good. Or do you have to take classes, like get a join a, ch- uh, a union and all this stuff? Like, dude, imagine that. Like, yeah, they they have a CBA. I can only have three guys a night. Like, making fun of this in industry, man. <laughs> no, just, I'm just thinking about how that works. Like, is there going to be a school, you know, for prostitution? Like, so I I like some of the points Razio made, but at the end of the day, I still don't think it helps anybody like that 14 year old that you mentioned, because I still think that there is an appetite for that, and so I agree with some of the uh, the the. Uh, I guess the pros and and decriminalizing it for women that are of age, I think some good things can happen with that. But, and I, I think you would agree, it still doesn't help the underage trafficking. And I don't think like a so-called pimp is going to say, well, I don't need to go worry about getting any 15 year olds because now it's legal. So I'll just focus on 18 and up. No, he, they get them so young one, because they're easier to control. And by the time they are 18, they're already under their, you know, under their stable or whatever. So they're still going to want to get them at a young age so they can control them. And unfortunately, like I said, there's a lot of sick men out there that want them at that age as well. So but and and this, I'm just asking this because I don't know, like as law enforcement, you you might know it um, if if she is being trafficked and she's doing a legal act by being a prostitute um, and she kills that guy, she doesn't have like a self-defense or anything like that claim, right? But if she is doing something that's perfectly legal, she can say, I was defending myself. I, I tried to tell him to stop and he didn't stop. So I, I, I ended up killing him. Isn't that like think, a self-defense at that point, right? I don't think it was because it was a, during a criminal act. I think that's just completely different. I think if there's a way to escape, like, if there, I don't know the details of a 14-year-old, like, I think she might be being tried because it might have been premeditated murder. Like, yeah. okay, they're they, they looking at it like a uh, like a battered woman, like a woman that's been beat on consistently for two or three years. But at that moment when she kills her husband, like he just happened to be in the kitchen cooking steak, and mm-hmm. that's the, like I think more or less the law allows you to allows murder in a self defense scenario. But when you're at the when the act is not occurring, you can't just off somebody or whatever. Yeah, I mean, so. there it's loopholes like you could claim, you know, mentally for the last two years I've, I've been beat on, or in the case of the fourteen year old, you know, hopefully her lawyer is, is, yeah. is you know, going that route and say, you know, mentally I was out of my mind and yeah, that, that was the best way I felt I could escape. So I think it's like unless. I guess the equation to unnecessary use of force. You know, like there's situations where people have committed crimes and been injured while committing crimes, and it's like I was just stealing bread and you shot me. Like there was no reason you had to shoot me. Like I was never a threat. I was never like people have the shooter has been tried, you know, for attempted murder or things like that because like I don't pose a threat to you at no point should you have ever pulled out a gun or tried to injure me. So yes, you were a prostitute. Yes, you were doing this. If he's raping you at the time and your only way to escape is self-defense and murder or whatever, then that's different rather than like Byron today and you've been in the gym and you just want to take a frying pan to his head. Completely different. 
Um, but I do like what you're saying is if women do choose that profession, they they don't have to worry about the consequences of their profession over their safety. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, he's beating me, but I can't go because it's almost like my drug, I forgot what movie it was like a drug dealer can't go say I got robbed. Right. You know, like, <laughs> well, they stole all the drugs, you know, like, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, the stick up kid stole my drug money. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> you know, cops mm-hmm. really ain't going to investigate that much. Yeah. And I, and I yeah. feel like that's what happens a lot of time with these uh, young ladies is uh, they're not taken seriously because uh, of them, of the profession that they're in. Yeah. But, but I, I just to be honest, I don't think even if it was legal that people were taking it seriously. They might be they might be more forthcoming, but we're we're still in a generation where we have women with rape claims and all these other things, sexual assault claims who have no no history of any illegal activity. But because they were dressed a certain way, oh. the police and the jury or whatever. Don't get me started. Oh, you know, have them part They're They're partially to blame. Yeah. So if they can't trust or these ladies are having problems, whether it's legal or not, you think they're going to take up for a prostitute. It's like, well, you know, you're a prostitute, right? Yeah. Like, I still think that's going to happen. So, I, you know, when you first said it, I thought about it, but I still think it's the world we live in. Um, our women are faced with too many things. You know, they almost have to walk the straight and narrow for their story to come across, just like, you know, we do, too. You know, you look like you fit the description. Angry black man. So regardless of what you did, I got to be squeaky clean to get off. So, so good question, man. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, I think that one, you know, we got You're going to have to have panels and all kind of other stuff. But I just wanted y'all thoughts on it because it's man, it's so hard. And and I, I guess I never really gave my answer, but oh, yeah. I, in inside of all of that, I mean, I think the audience got kind of how I feel about it. I, I really do think that it it would help. I I don't think it's going to solve any of the issues. It's not going to solve trafficking. It's not going to solve you know that fourteen year old's case or anything like that. But what I I do know is that it doesn't put a whole lot of females and males I keep saying we keep talking ladies but there are male prostitutes out there that kind of get trafficked and all kind of stuff too uh, especially young boys uh, in in their 14, 15, 16 year old uh, days so um, you know I feel like for them it's going to at least help them get out help them get help and and not have to worry about I'm going to jail Uh, and, and they be able to say yes this guy's trying to pimp me uh, because they have more saying what they what they want to do uh, versus we're all in the underground um, doing dirt. So I really can't say much about anybody else. So, so that think, that's my my thing on it. So you think the people that are being trafficked, 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 trafficked yeah, trafficked, it's tough. It, it's tough for trafficked, me too. <laughs> trafficked <laughs> are like not coming forth when they have the opportunity because they feel like they're they'll get in trouble. So they just keep going with the game. So if it was legal, they could at least say, hey, I'm being trafficked and I don't want to be anymore. And uh, I. Yeah, they they can do stuff like put restraining orders out and stuff like that. Like you really can't do much of that 
Oh, uh, no. I, well, I, I don't is know. It, I, is I, it illegal? Is it illegal? But I don't think it's illegal to be trafficked. I don't know. Like, if somebody drugged you and put you out there and you one day find out you're not high anymore and you went back like, look, I've been missing from my family for two years and been uh, selling meat on the side for the last two years. I don't think you're you're guilty of anything. I don't, if anything, you're a victim at that point. I, don't, I still don't think, I don't know. That's, that's, I don't know. That's weird. Yeah, that's it's, weird. It's a that's bigger conversation weird for the our fifteen minutes of conversation, but right, um, that's Byron, Byron, bring us home, man. Yeah, uh, give us some light, man. So yeah, I was gonna say this episode has been very serious. So I'm um, it's a light question, but um, it's gonna take a dark turn. <laughs> it's not gonna take a <laughs> it's not gonna take a dark turn. But people get passionate about what I'm about to ask, and some people may get mad depending on your answers. But here goes. I want you to name me uh, who you think is an overrated artist artist, and name me an overrated song. So, and, and you know what? Overrated may be, and don't pick on, don't, don't, don't choose the easy route and pick on one of these like young rappers, like, like a uh, young thug or somebody like that. I want, I'm talking about somebody who the, the consensus you know, has legitimized them and said, hey, that's a great artist. But for whatever reason, in your opinion, it's like, hey, they all right. Like, like, you know, and add a song. Don't necessarily pick a pop song. Like, pick a quality song that for one, whatever reason, when you hear it on the radio, it's like, ah, I'm good. I'm going to pass on that. So, one of y'all take that. Overrated artist, overrated song. Let's hear Or, or, if you don't like the word overrated, unpopular opinion, because it, it's it, it could be an unpopular opinion that, like I said, most people love and enjoy, but for whatever reason, you know, because I know like if somebody told Ferg they don't like Stevie Wonder, he have an issue with that. <laughs> Sacklish, man, it's freaking genius. God said. And don't worry so, about pissing people off. Well, this is just a. This is not my answer, but uh, Old Town Road is just. I just never got into it. Just, that's just, it's just. Yeah, see, I'm trying to think past that, like past the new current stuff. Uh, but it, it, I, I, I take a little offense. The Old Town Road does go kind of hard. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's freaking horrible. It's always uh, I, I will say. I could never get on the Elvis train. I mean, to get out of hip hop, I, I, mm. I, I never really felt like Elvis. He, you know, Hound Dog, those type. They, they were okay, but you, you had black so artists that were kind of killing it already. So and doing way better. <laughs> what Elvis? Elvis is overrated. Let's 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 be oh, honest. Oh man! Did <laughs> they name? Isn't it like a city named after him in, in Tennessee or something like that? Oh, man. I There's all know. kind of stuff, man. Uh, all right, what about song? Uh, and and this is probably showing our age a little bit, but uh, it ain't my fault. It's not that great of a song. Silk the Shocker and Mystical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that song was awesome. 
<laughs> Your soul was awesome, man. Give me, I had my, well, I had my song. Dang, I forgot that quick. Oh, okay. It's, um, it's so hard to say people were overrated because of the, the, everybody who especially made it big that kind of got on our radar has something to bring. So it might not, you know, they may not, may not have been the greatest lyricists out there, but the, the song was really catchy. Like Lil Nas X, right? It's like his, his lyrics aren't there, but that song is catchy as I don't know what. So, so Buff, let's switch it up. You give us your answer first. All right. Since I I assume you, you have yours and maybe that'll spur some thoughts. Okay. So, you want me to start with song or artist? Uh, either, either. Okay, so uh, song, it wasn't like a pop song. It was, uh, I got two of them. So uh, you all got, you guys know Remy Ma. She, her and uh, Nicki Minaj had a beef and she did a song called Sheether. And I don't know if it's because a lot of people don't like Nicki Minaj, but people went crazy over that song. Uh, and when I listened to it, you know, I was like, she's spending like the first two minutes talking about how Nikki has a fake ass when she has fake tits. Like, I, I just didn't get it. I mean, I guess because, like I say, people didn't like Nicki Minaj. And also, a while ago, Big Sean had a song called Control, and he had like uh, different artists on there. Kendrick Lamar's verse on there was highly overrated to me. Like, all he did pretty much was like, he did like what the game does. Like he just name dropped a bunch of artists and just said, I'm coming for y'all. Like I'm coming to crush you all. But it was nothing like there were no ether type of lyrics or whatever, or or no takeover type lyrics. He just named a bunch of artists like big crit Drake. And he was like, you know, I'm coming for the crown. And everybody was like, Oh, Oh, you heard that? I'm like, it's it's all right, but it, it didn't top it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. Yeah, I agree with you a little bit on that. Like, but I was one of those per- people that was like, oh, oh. But I mean, I, I think it was because an artist hadn't called another artist out in a while. Like it had been a long time since we had Jay-Z and Nas. And so I don't know, I guess that's what it was. And artists, uh Sade. I mean, don't get me wrong. She makes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about to talk about yeah. that 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 yeah. that, that, that yeah. beautiful that beautiful queen right there. She's beautiful. She's yeah. hundred and seventy six years old, and she looks mm-hmm. like she is twenty two. She that does. woman. She has the silky, sultry voice <laughs> of an an African angel. She does. But you telling me you can sit through an entire concert of the same type of song. Like, this is no, I mean, it's it's the same thing to me. It's like sitting in a, bab, a, a bubble bath with, with, with candles uh, lit type of music. Like, I can't listen to that for a whole car ride. So she's good at what she does. She just wasn't diverse enough to me. So, no rate. So, so along those same lines, somebody that comes to mind for me was Alicia Keys. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. You too? Yes, me too. Um so Alicia hey, Keys, yo. she has an she has an okay voice. She has very yeah. good production. And that was about it. Mm. I mean she mentioned she was fine. Oh, she was fine. Um okay. but cool. you know, when you when you when you get down to her songs, 
they they were okay for the time. But mm. you you don't see do they still get play? I mean, when they come on, is everybody like drop what you're doing? Alicia Keys is on when no one comes on from New York comes on and you're just like, okay, they're good songs, but it's not something I'm gonna like. They don't go down as classics. Like, does she have an actual classic? Uh, pretty much her first two albums are full of classics. Yeah, yeah, she and, has classics. And uh, this girl is on fire was like is like used on pretty much every woman's political campaign. So yes, Rosie, she has classics. <laughs> so I, I I will agree with you on Alicia Keys, even though I hate to, simply because my wife and I had this conversation, a very similar conversation, a few weeks ago, where she's talented. But she's not like her. Her voice isn't anything that's gonna just take you by storm. Like it's just like she's 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 just very. Her production makes her it, exactly. Like she that, that's why I like, think she's overrated. As she knows artist. how to use her. Like she can't cover for other people. Like she, you can't just have her go sing. Who's just a great singer. Uh, She's not gonna sing a Jill Scott song. Exactly. She's not. She can't. But Jill Scott can sing any song Alicia Keys sings. But you can't like go play a Jill Scott song, then go play Alicia Keys song. Alicia Keys is very monotone. She hits. She has to hit the big notes to make you feel her music. So thank you, Rizzy, for that because it made me think of my 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 person who I actually love as an artist. But when I look at and I love his his body of work, but I look at his his ability, he's he's overrated. Like he's just he just makes good. He's cookie cutter. He's he he could have been in Old Town because he, he you can put him in a machine and he's gonna <laughs> produce. But he, his talent is in there, and that's John Legend. John Legend's voice isn't all that, but oh he's very. Well, I, I agree with you, bro. I'm a, but I'm uh, a John Legend fan. Uh, I'm a John. Like you, you go like I wouldn't even go see him in concert because I just feel like it's just. I'll put on his music before I go see him in concert just because you're just not going to get you're not going to get any emo. Oh, he hit that. Like, you just can't get certain people you put on their music and from the first from the first note, you feel them. John just is just very monotone here. A little rift. I'm going to hit this falsetto right here. Bring it back down here. Like, that's what he's going to do. Um, See, but I think that was his production that did that. I mean, he has range, though. Like, I, I like John Legend. I, I, I don't I, think he was again, overrated. He I liked him too. Well, now, now I, I do think I do think he's overrated when he got Sexiest Man Alive. Isn't that John Legend that just got oh, yeah, that? Yeah. He's, he's not go, that sexy to you, Rosie. He's not that sexy to me. I'm sorry. Who, who the one for you, Rosie? Who the one for you, Rosie? Who was your vote? Uh, oh, I don't, don't know. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. You got a name in mind. <laughs> if not John, then who? I, I don't know, man. I, I, I never I'm, thought about it. Like, I'm who is the same man alive? It's one of those things that, you know, you don't know what you want to eat. But when somebody say, how about we go here? You be like, nah, I don't want that. Like, that's what it is. It's just one of those things like, nah, he ain't it. Like, I got another one too, man. Um, uh, but but I don't, let, me, let, me, let me let you hear, because y'all going to jump on this. My song and I'm ashamed to say it because I think it was a song that kind of was a epitome of our young adult. Back that ass up. You think that was overrated? 
I just maybe I'm just over it. No, like, it's I just own, but it's not overrated. I, I don't know. Dude. Like it's just like it was just it was a catchy beat. And I just like I will. T- I don't. I haven't danced to back that ass up in years. I when that song comes on, I get annoyed. Like I'm I like, think, I, think, I think it's overplayed for you. Like it, I, I don't. But like yeah. to the point where like it was, especially when it first dropped, it, it but, definitely wasn't. That's when the hot song first dropped, and you go back and look at it like that, that song has everything you want to dance on. Like the the very beginning of it when the beat comes on. It gives the women time to rest to the floor and say, oh, you know what I'm saying? And then the way he starts off the first verse and then you end the song with Lil Wayne's ad-libs at the end, like, you know, something that everybody can chant uh, and, and do, which is what you wanted to dance on. Like, that's our era's uh, electric slide. Right Thank you. Overrated. Okay. All right. Well, I, Are you listen, saying electric I, slide is overrated? No. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh no, never mind. Oh, yeah. Cha cha slide. Cuba shuffle, right? shuffle, all that love. Get out here and you you hey, hey, I hate all that. I, I like the I like <laughs> the I hate it all. I like I, I hate it all. <laughs> I, I make sure I take a seat when those songs come on. I don't know if he's popular enough for me to even name overrated because I've I've only heard like a very select few people even know who he is, but uh, I think his name is Kim with a K. Uh, he's, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if I can call him already because he's not that known. But like when I first moved up here, everybody was telling me about him, and I listened to him, and I was like, I mean, yeah, if I'm trying to go to sleep or something, I mean, but that, but that's that's what it, that was his genre. He can sing. He has a better voice than John Legend. He can sing. I'm not a John Legend fan, so I'm not going to Kim, Kim can sing, though. And I disagree with your I, I take on Jill Scott. That might get me banned from what? Mobile, Alabama. Did Jill Scott can't, can sing? I, I don't think she can sing everything Alicia Keys can. Whoa. Go listen yeah. to Jill Scott's first yeah. CD and listen to like look, listen to her riffs. She's hitting notes. She's hitting operatic notes. That girl can sing. I'm good. Alicia Keys cannot hit these notes. I think she can. Who's the best <laughs> Mobile rapper? I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, uh, to, uh, to, answer your, to answer your question for I think last Mr. Big was this. You are you are right. That is absolutely that is that is the that is the correct answer. Uh, Bryzy probably still like C now though. <laughs> what? Yeah, I like, I like, I like who's, the best, who's the who's the best oh. mobile artist, Bryzy? Rapper. Um, I mean, it just depends on who like what's going on. Nope, nope, I'm gonna nope, say nope. Sherman Cooley. <laughs> That's it. He's taking the easy road out. Just so, he's so, right. Dang it, Rosie. <laughs> no, Sherman was dope, though. He was. Sherman, was dope. Sherman, can, oh, Sherman was dope. Mean, but the, the last Mr. Big did it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Just yeah, hands yeah. down. Like, like, I mean, uh, but, but, but if you go back and, uh, you know, everybody on here have, hadn't been able to listen to, like, Cooley's actual songs and stuff like that, but you listen to Last Mr. Big and some of his production, and then you listen to some of Cooley's songs, I'm telling you, Sherman actually could out-rap uh, Last Mr. Big. But, but I think Mobile is a hard place to make it out of, uh, take it yep. from somebody who tried. Uh, but, you know, shout out to Two Major Twins, uh, rest in peace, Last Mr. Big, shout out See Now, Rich Boy. Rich I mean, boy, yeah. It's difficult to do what you guys did, so much props to you. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, like, my thing is, when we say overrated, the thing is, they still made it. (laughs) You know, you you still, 
you still are big enough to even be in this conversation. So when yeah. we say we you overrated, don't matter. What did well, uh what was it? Um dang, I can't remember. Flavor Flav. Uh what, what was it? Kevin Hart asked Flavor Flav, like, how can you go out there and do this? And he was like, They still gotta pay me, boy. Like, that's the thing about <laughs> it is, man. Y'all out there getting their money. So get it. Hey, it is well, what it is. Well, most of the people we said on here are legends. Like they're, you know, Alicia Keys, John Legend, Elvis. You said Elvis. Yeah, so I, like did, just, I did say Elvis. You know, like hey. Sade. Like they're all. Great point. Great. You know, so it's like, it's just our opinion. And I just look at, for me, it's talent. If you talent the talent, I'm looking at your genre and what you do as an R&B singer coming from a era where you had Luther's and stuff like that. And this is my thing, uh, thoughts on a true R&B singer who can hit all these notes and you get somebody like John Legend, who's just kind of middle of the road, you know, and then you have um, Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys to me is a female John Legend. Very talented. Love her music. She's very monotone. She's she's very cookie cutter in what she can produce. You plug and play. She really, she can't lose. She's not going to just hit these crazy notes. Like you're not going to like NDRE. Go listen to some of NDRE songs and play Alicia Keys music right behind it. And you're like, this girl NDRE is singing. Like, this girl has talent. And then you go listen to Alicia Keys, like, I like this song. Like, it's more like, I like this song, not like this girl is singing. I mean, but but if you're entertained by it, that's like Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars can't really sing, but he nope. entertains the mess out of you. Yeah, he does. Yes. And and I would never say Bruno Mars is overrated because the thing about it is for what he does. He does it well. But the thing about it is, I think people, some people like that, they can get their music might not be as timeless. Because when that when that when that fad or whatever is over, you might not appreciate it. Like a singer can sing. Man. Like somebody can walk in and 30 years from now walk in and sing the national anthem or come and do a tribute and be like, dang, I forgot she can sing. But, but um, they don't have to sing. Rappers don't sing. But Bruno Mars doesn't. I mean, the thing is, Bruno Mars is an entertainer. Funk, yeah. funk in general isn't a singer's uh, genre. I mean, if that was the case, you, you'd you have to be like, oh, well, why, uh, like George Clinton, Boosie, they weren't singing. Like, they were talking over the music. But it, Exactly. So the thing about it, their hits are timeless. But you're not gonna go listen to a Bootsy album today because like that's that that shit is old, it's outplayed. Like you don't wanna listen to that. But like there's gonna be some Bootsy George Clinton hits that you like because it's their hits, you're going to play. There's certain songs that like or people who can just keep transit, I feel like can keep transitioning because of their their pure talent. Like they can just sing regardless, or they can they can perform, they can give their art or their talent transcends time. But that's a whole other conversation because we're about to get away from the original question. <laughs> but you know, Bruno Mars not 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 overrated. All right, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, anything else you guys want to put out there? Um, I hope everybody is uh, off to a great start for the twenty twenty. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody! Thank you guys for tuning in, like you always do. Love the support on social media, by the way. Like it, I mean, I said this before, it really like kills time for me sometimes just seeing some of the comments you guys put on there. Uh, like what's her name, Ferg? Uh, Ebony Taylor. 
Yeah, Ebtay. Oh, yeah. Ebtay. Yeah. Hey, Ebtay. She cracks me up, man. Um, just a, a lot of y'all. Uh, what you call it? Wakanda loving the fight. Oh. Wakanda loves to fight, man. I like to fight. <laughs> Please fight take up some Krav Maga or some Wakanda because you you love trying to put hands on somebody. So, um, Let him be, appreciate, girl. Appreciate it all, man. And I don't think we've ever done this show without laughing at least five or six times, man. So, so I just love doing this with you guys and having fun. And subscribe. Well, Ferger give you the six rules of podcasting, but definitely subscribe and uh, share. Yeah, um, I, I want to uh, shoot it over to our senior military correspondent, Horatio Smouye, um, to talk about this uh, bombing over in uh, Iraq at the embassy, or at least uh, these folks going at the embassy. Uh, Horatio, tell us about that. Yeah, so if you guys haven't heard, they uh, stormed the embassy over in Iraq, and uh, our, our great president is... Uh, talking about he's going to send folks over to Iraq. So we've got uh, about 4,000 troops queued up trying to go to Iraq to maybe invade Iran. So everybody be careful. And, uh, you know, it's a stupid play. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but we knew it was coming because, you know, you can't poke the bear and not anticipate getting uh, clawed or bared or whatever it is. Mauled. So what is it? Mauled. Mauled. Yeah, yeah. mauled. Now I like bared. You get bared. So anyway, I'm a I'm a military correspondent, not a uh, nature guy. So <laughs> anyway, back to you, Razio. Hey, hey, thanks, Horatio. Uh just wanna thank you for all that. Uh everybody, we appreciate all the things that you guys are doing for us. Keep keep talking, keep laughing with us. And uh just keep us in your prayers too, because we want to continue to grow this thing. It is a new year, uh new us. Um and well, no, it's the same old us, actually. Yeah. But we're going to be the same old us, and we're going to continue to grow and get better at this. So keep uh, keep listening. And, Rozzy, uh will you be able to post the link for shirts and sweatshirts and stuff like that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, if you guys want some swag, um, be on the lookout. Sweatshirts are out. It's going to start getting in the spring. We got T-shirts up as well, long-sleeve tees, and we got some more stuff coming uh, eventually. All right. I appreciate that. Well, mine is very simple, challenging everyone, including myself for 2020 and moving forward. Like I said, I watched Kevin Hart's um, documentary the other day and he something he said stood out to me when he was talking about his father and he was talking about always having a love for someone, but then he talked about the kind of mentioned the difference in loving someone and having a bond. And so I challenge everybody to not only just to continue to love the people in your relationships, but to go out and try to strengthen or create bonds. Cause a lot of times we think love is enough. So go out and create bonds with these people while you have the chance and see if you can take that relationship to the next level. Uh, I know there's some people that I love dearly, but I just need to go ahead and create bonds or strengthen my bonds with these people as well. So that's my uh, two cents for the day. But once again, three brothers, no sense. Tavares Ferguson signing off. You know what to do. Six rules of podcast. Listen, like, share, subscribe, comment. And most importantly, listen again. Talk to you later. <laughs>